wouldn't you know it, the Pro Bowl dies the same week as the Raiders' playoff hopes. Like anyone in Vegas cares, this is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to the new episode of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week when it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, the honeymoon in Vegas is over. Right. Dan, yeah, we're just debbing on Vegas here at the early of this uh, uh, show, but Vegas is the... Uh, the city that's getting the Pro Bowl this year, uh, but it's not going to be the Pro Bowl this year. No, it's it is what we have been saying, or you at least specifically have been saying since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, it's going to be a skills competition, some flag football, all that good stuff, the fun things without the game itself that nobody really cared or tried in. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. No one has given a shit about the Pro Bowl. Hilariously. I posted this on the NFL subreddit, and it was removed by the NFL because they're like, oh, this isn't original material. And then the NFL comes and does the exact shit I was talking about. Ooh, um, they stole it. It's a little fucking snaky. But you know what? <laughs> as long as it gives me a moderately entertaining Pro Bowl weekend, I'll fucking take it. Take all my ideas. Here's the thing about being a creative, Scott. You know this. <laughs> a creative never runs out of ideas. Right. So I don't worry about people stealing my idea. The reason why you stole it is because it's fantastic. So NFL, by all means, you know, maybe throw me a couple signed jerseys or something. You know, I don't even want any new kids, just like some old Demarcus Ware jerseys or something. Hook a brother up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just they only borrow the good ideas, so there it is. Um, yeah, that's the end of the Pro Bowl. It um we'll see who cries the tears of it when it comes up. I mean, you can call it bigger news now because we're in the middle of a season and this comes out at the end of the season you know or right is it right before the pro bowl or right after whatever uh super bowl no one cares no one cares at that time the no. players don't care the fans don't care it's hard for us to turn it on and, and give it a attention that you know people want to have so yeah the good news is it might actually keep fewer people from being named pro bowler um <laughs> fewer Maybe put yeah. a little bit more respect on the name Pro Bowler nowadays because, you know, it's like a 50-man roster. Maybe more people want to go. Who that's knows? what I'm saying. Like, Not it's, play the game? It's supposed to be basically a 50-man roster for each, each conference, but it winds up expanding to like 100 motherfuckers. So you're like, all right, you basically have two full teams of people out of 16 yeah. in each What's conference. It? So it's insane. They talk about that too. They say there's this like first, first ballot. They call it something else. Uh but those are the ones who get it uh, by incentive because that is still an incentive that teams throw on a contract. Like, how about we give you a couple extra thousand if you make the Pro Bowl, you know, for those bubble players that uh, give them something to shoot for, make them try sure. a little bit harder. Pro Bowl voting, it's such a shot in the bucket that that probably isn't an enticing incentive for a lot of players. No. Probably not something they look at too closely. But those rules aren't going to change even though the Pro Bowl itself is going away. Anyway, Dan, 
every team played here. We just did week three, so we want to talk about every game. And that means uh, ample amount of time is needed. So we're going to jump right in. I, I will say before we start this week, yes, this has been a fantastic first three weeks of football. Yeah, it has. It's, it's certainly jumped off with the starting gun. We haven't had a lot of... Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx us, but you know, no big issues on the field, no horrendous calls. We're not talking about refs that made big mistakes or even big injuries to huge star players just yet. You know, that's to come. I'm sure all that's to come. But yeah, so far you're right. Good th- three weeks. I think I can't remember the. Uh, can't remember if this is an exact stat, but I think it was like 18 games already this year have been decided by three points or less. Oh, wow. Which is incredibly competitive. The fact that 18 games, almost more than an entire week of games, was decided by less than three points. That's insane. That's well, really remember, competitive. Like looking at the noon hour ones here, and every, like just about everybody's like 14 to 14, you know, yeah. just right down the line. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into them. Obviously, Dan, uh, we like to pick a game of the week each week. What do you think it is this week? Ooh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to guess we got another appearance by Miami. We do have another appearance by Miami. I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the AFC anymore. Could they beat the Buffalo Bills? Uh, They're in the South Beach. I mean, it's the great equalizer as we talked about it. Uh, Hard Rock Cafe uh, (laughs) field it is. 21 to 19, uh, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this was everybody's choice to tear through the NFL this year, and they started the the season looking like they were going to do that. Josh Allen still threw for 400 yards in this game and two touchdowns, but it wasn't enough. Uh, this wasn't a one side, then then Dolphins race back like they did against Baltimore just last week. This was a tight game all the way through, back and forth. This was a 14 all at the half. Uh, Bills with the lead in the fourth quarter could have put a six-point lead on there, but Bass misses a 38-yard field goal, mm-hmm. and this thing was was tight. I don't want to get into the big stuff at the end, but go ahead, Dan. I, I think what we haven't talked about at all this year, we're amazed by what Miami's defense or Miami's offense has been able to do. We haven't talked about the fact that Miami's defense, their secondary, is actually very good. It's yeah. a very good defensive secondary that was giving Josh Allen a lot of problems. And I know I'm saying that for a guy that's threw for 400 yards, but he threw for 400 yards in 63 <laughs> attempts. Yeah. He threw well, this the ball is, 63 fucking times. Buffalo can't run it. We talked about that. This is the offense you've chosen, so you're going to live and die with Allen's arm. I mean, he's young enough that he can do it. And he, he led, led the team the in t- rushing. <laughs> he led the team in rushing. And it's mostly... Yeah, he, and he did it because Zach Moss had like tore off one long run, and that was about it. But here's how oh. fucked up it is: he led the team in rushing. A running back led the team in receiving. Yeah, Devin Singletary had nine receptions for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. What's going on up there in Buffalo? You, you nobody's playing the right position. It seems insane. Doesn't matter. Yeah, spread it around. Uh, on the other side, um, Tua didn't have the f- six touchdown game he had last week. No, just had. Uh, one uh chase edmonds is the one who got in the end zone twice in this game um no what it comes down to is uh, well bills left points on the field bills left points on the field they had the first and goal two minutes left in this game uh down 17 to 21 can't get into the end zone in fact josh allen is kicking himself he skips a pass that 
would have been a touchdown to I think it's uh, Isaiah McKenzie or somebody there standing there in the corner, and he he threw it to his feet, and I don't know why he did. They just short armed it or what, and he knew it. Dolphins get the ball back and they can do nothing at that goal line. Bills defense without both their starting defensive tackles in it can't get any push. So here we are looking at the Dolphins lining up for a punt at their goal line. And they couldn't go anywhere there with the goal line. So what do we run into but the butt punt? (laughs) I mean, you can't blame the punter. The fucking guy's just trying to get that kickoff. Your protector, your personal protector, has got to do a better job of staying the fuck out of your kicking lane. Like, <laughs> yep, you're right. That's I don't, true. I don't know why they were in traditional punt pro. Like, no one's in punt pro like that during a fucking. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, that was a minute and a half left, and now the announcers were even bringing it up. Like, well, maybe you want to take a safety here and get a better kick off. So, in the long run, that's just what happened, and. Uh, The Bills, though, still made a final drive to Miami's about 41-yard line uh, and then took too long of a play on a second down to line up for what would have been a 59-yard field goal. Hell of a field goal. Yeah, it would have been very tough for Bass to make that, but there you go again, trying to line up just in time to to spike it. Everyone's laying on the field, (laughs) cramping up to all hell at the end. I think it is... It, it it's becoming more and more clear how, just how difficult it is to play down there, for especially now, early. For now, You're right? Yeah, I think that home field advantage for Miami goes away sometime in late October. Late yeah. October and November, it starts to be very nice and tropical down there, and and everybody's doing okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen was red. Fa- I have not seen Josh Allen that red faced after a game was over ever. I've never mm-hmm. seen that. And we saw the game against Kansas City. That dude was running for his fucking life. Something about Miami Heat was just fucking different. And so you have a Hawaiian quarterback that's like, who gives a shit, bro? We're fucking ready to go. I, none of this matters to me. I'm I'm used to playing in soup thickness uh, level <laughs> fucking weather. So I, Tua did a good job in this game. Wasn't remarkable. Should not have played the second half. Tua shouldn't have played the second Oh, oh no. Yes, talk about that, Dan. That's true. I almost forgot. So, um, before the first half ended, Tua gets, and this is a, it's not a dirty, dirty play in the traditional sense, but there's a roughing the passer penalty. Tua basically hits his head. As mm-hmm. he gets up, he's wobbly. He's, he's stumbling. He's stumbling. He's stumbling, bumbling, and not in the fun Chris Berman sort of way. <laughs> and two of his teammates basically accordion him and hold him up, and he gets taken off the field, and he gets evaluated for a concussion. The news comes back, no, 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 wasn't a concussion, back spasms. That's yeah. all it was. He had hurt his back earlier in the game, and now he's got back spasms. You know what tends to give me back spasms, Scott? Slamming my fucking head against a hard surface. <laughs> tends to really tweak my back. Eating too much bullshit. That, that really hurts my back. So <laughs> I gotta carry all that bullshit. The NFLPA is investigating this. It's going to come to nothing. Right, because how do you, yeah. But the fact that he... So here's the thing. I believe them that he paced, he passed a baseline concussion test. But you know what didn't happen? Nobody made him come out of the fucking game, even though he slammed his head against the turf and got up and was wobbling while he was walking around. Mm-hmm. That's not back mm-hmm. spasms. I've had back spasms. You know what happens when you have back spasms? You go, 
and your fucking back tweaks out on you. Your legs don't give out and you wobble like that. That's a fucking concussion. Dude had a concussion, should not have come back in this game. I don't know how much that affects the second half. Tua had a really good first half, was kind of disappeared in the second half. I think Teddy Bridgewater would have done okay, and maybe we have the same sort of game. But I don't know how Miami in good conscience can put Tua back out there for that second half with what is clearly a concussion. And now he's got a short week. Yeah, yeah, they got a Thursday game. You're right. And he's not in any type of uh, protocol, none of that, because it was back spasms or so they say. Yeah, you're right. That was a very interesting point in there. Um, I want to see see. when you shine light in his eyes. Uh, how his back spasms react to that shit. <laughs> um, did you also see that Bill's offensive coordinator, Dorsey, at the end of this game? Oh, lost his shit. Just loses it in the press up there. Uh, but you know why, right? Thing, tossing it to the ground. You well, know why he lost his shit? Why? Explain it. Cause he... Ken Dorsey, former Miami, University of Miami quarterback Ken Dorsey. Oh, true. This true. was a homecoming for him, so you know his entire family is in the fucking stands. And so he's just going to, oh, he's going to flip shit. I mean, literally, it's the most embarrassing opportunity because none of his family from fucking Miami is going to come up and see his shit in Buffalo. So it's a homecoming to embarrass himself. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, let's continue on. That was the game of the week. That was a very good one, but that doesn't mean we all, only good one we had. Uh, Next one we'll talk about, you know, the Ravens are always up at the top. We like talking about our Ravens on this show. They beat the Patriots 37 to 26 in this one. Uh, a tight one in the first half, 14-13, to 13, Ravens had the lead. They pushed on a two-score lead into the fourth quarter, 31-20. to 20. Patriots got it back into a one-score lead there for a moment, uh, 31-26, but Ravens extended it again, three minutes left. Uh, Jackson, he, he's got two lines of, of stats in these games anymore, I swear to God. Four rushing touchdowns, or excuse me, <laughs> four touchdowns, interception, then over 100 yards rushing, and another rushing touchdown in there. Um, pay the man. Uh, oh, but just if give you him all the money. Yeah, or if you don't, I, I, I hope another team in purple finds out a way to. You know, <laughs> that's just all I hope, but goddamn. Andrews got both his first half touchdowns, and then... Um, on the other, oh, uh, in the other side of the ball, uh, Mac Jones had an okay game, over 300 yards, but he did throw three interceptions, and he limps off the field with a high ankle sprain to basically end this game. So yeah. he won't be back for a while. And it's it's interesting. There was some news out that you know the Patriots disagree with the timetable of a return for a high ankle sprain. They're like, oh, we think it should be four <laughs> weeks. He's like, I think it's gonna be six to eight. Who gives a shit? We'll see in four weeks. <laughs> like, right, whenever you get them out there. Yeah, whenever you get them out there. This is supposed to be the franchise, right? This is year two. You got three more years of team control. You don't want to ruin the kid's ankles, you know, and go full fucking Sam Bradford on the guy. So, you know, he didn't have a good second half, didn't have a great game. But this Patriots team is not very good, man. They're not good. Um, there's a couple good skill position players. The defense isn't, like, abysmal. But we talked right. about it last week. No defense is ready to play Lamar Jackson when he is feeling himself. Uh, and yeah. that was certainly the case in this game. J.K. Dobbins finally got back in the game, uh, but he didn't do much. Uh, they still, yeah, it's still led by Lamar Jackson. And then uh, he does get Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman and them involved. But uh, this is still, a, I think, a Ravens team that's going to be considered uh, top AFC team when it's all said and done with oh, yes yeah. with Buffalo and Kansas City and now Miami but 
don't forget these Ravens. Don't forget them. Oh, they took. Uh, I mean, we were seconds away from the Ravens being three and zero, and decisively, decisively three and zero. Not just a little three and zero. Like if you take out the fourth quarter of uh, the Miami game, they've outscored opponents uh, opponents pretty handily, uh, and they've scored over thirty points a game. That's a great offense and a pretty good defense uh, statistically. So. I would say, yeah, I, I put them in the top five in the NFL right now. These so Baltimore so this all lines us up for quite a showdown next weekend when the Buffalo Bills are going to Baltimore. Doesn't get easier on the road trip for Buffalo. Bills-Ravens, Dan, we're going to start there in picks for week four. This is a tough one. Yeah. This is a tough one. I'm just the simple fact that Buffalo is going on the road. And Buffalo does not have a run game. And run games travel. Buffalo's got some pretty serious injuries in their secondary. Micah Hyde going out for the rest of the year is a huge loss. Um, That can't be overstated how big of a loss that is. I think this is going to be a squeaker of a Ravens win at home for the noon hour. And it could be. I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to be opposite you and take Buffalo just because I don't think it's a far trip for them. You know, you just... You're staying in the same time zone. In fact, that's the one reason why I'm okay that this game's played at noon because you could flex this thing at least to the late hour. Let me get my full eyes on it. Uh, maybe maybe I will watch it at noon, but there's like nine other games at that time, whatever. But I get it. They're both East Coast teams. Why would you move to like a 4.30 start for them? But come on, Bills, Ravens. I like Buffalo. I just think – team-wise more, and coming off such the bad loss, they're going to be just uber-focused now to, to, to kind of come back. And hopefully they'll be a little more healthy uh, than they were in Miami. So as I'll a playoff pick, preview. Yeah, I'll pick opposite you there, and as we'll find out at the end of this thing, i got I got to make up some games anyways on you, <laughs> so might as well. <laughs> Let's go to the NFC and talk about, uh, you know, the two old men that are playing quarterback over there that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, first bout, they'll be handed it. Uh, oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Packers, Buccaneers. Packers win this one 14-12. We both picked the Packers to win this. Uh, Packers started red hot. They were up 14-3 to at the half. Rodgers looking good, and then they just went to sleep. <laughs> Disappeared. Yeah, they, Couldn't they really move. did. It just yeah. stopped. They just stopped being a good football team after that. It was kind of amazing, to be honest with you. And Tampa, just like they did in New Orleans the week prior, did slowly nothing, field goals, until they absolutely ran out of time and had to go put points on the board. And that's what they did. They go down and get a touchdown. Uh, here, Dan, I want to bring up the same thing you talked about, How why was Tua in the game? Uh, this was one play, but I'm pretty sure that touchdown catch uh, was a concussion too by, I think it was Russell Gage that caught it. They all pick him up off the ground, but you could tell that he couldn't get his feet under him after the smack he took by the cornerback for the Packers. He caught, he held on to the ball. I was very surprised he had the ability to hold on to that, after that hit, but they still couldn't get lined up and, and hike it in time for the two point conversion. I read online. I don't know if you saw too. There's this argument. Buccaneers fans mostly saying that the uh, game clock, got set to 20 should have gotten 25 after the touchdown they were robbed of five seconds etc etc but to to take that delay game and move in two-point conversion that would have tied this game from the two-yard line to the seven that was huge it was huge and it wasn't an and it 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 cost them here yeah but importantly fuck tom brady 
I think that's what <laughs> we need to remember about this sort of thing is that guy well, can fuck himself. I'm pretty sure that's what the NFL does constantly, right? They're always out there. Screw Tom Brady, man. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a play ready to go for a two-point conversion. Like, I don't know how it even takes you 20 yeah. fucking seconds. Like, that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. And then you're throwing it to Russell Gage, the guy who has clearly got his bell fucking rung like 10 minutes ago. Or, sorry, I guess technically 40 seconds ago, the guy got his fucking bell rung. And you want to line him up and shoot it his way? Go somewhere yeah. else, man. Go somewhere else. So I just didn't think it was a good play call to end the game. I didn't I didn't think they were playing good situational football. I didn't think they were playing good situational football the whole game. Um, their defense is good, but, man, that offense is – it's not Pittsburgh bad, but it's not a good offense this year. No, and both these teams have obviously some problems in offense, and that's not um, a secret, but uh, – this game, it was hard to say if it was just stagnant offenses. I mean, God, the Buccaneers have all three of their top wide receivers were injured and out of this game. And then the Packers, uh, all of their wide receivers left before the season began. So both teams are trying to figure that out. But I think they both have very good defenses, too. Yes. And do. I think that's a, another good reason why we saw just a 14 to 12 game of this. That does not mean we won't see both these teams maybe even playing each other in the postseason. I still believe it. I mean, I, I'm i not high on the Buccaneers this year, as you know. Um, I feel like this 2-1 and one is fraudulent. Um, I If you get Dak back in the Cowboys uniform, I want to play them again. That's what I want. I want to play I them again. And Season that, gets longer, Lenny runs downhill, you know. Sure, but that to me is a sign that I, I don't have a lot of faith in this Buccaneers team. I want to play them again. I think we'd beat them nine times out of ten, especially with a healthy Dak Prescott. So it's that's the hard thing. It's like I don't think the NFC South is very good. There's clearly no. not a lot of good teams down there, so they may wind up taking this thing just through sheer incompetence of their right. competitors. But they're not a good team in and of themselves. Let's move on and talk about who the Packers get this week. Oh, it's Tom Brady's old team, the New England Patriots. They're coming to town. So it's Patriots at Packers. Get that alliteration around your lips and tell me, Dan, who do you like? I will take the team that has the future Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> as opposed to the one sporting Brian Hoyer as right, their starter. Probably will be. Is yeah, it, has it been called that it's Hoyer starting on uh I believe so. Um, you know, I think Bill Belichick won't even tell you that Hoyer's starting when he takes his first snap. So he'll be like, we haven't made the decision yet. It's like, we're actually in the quarter two here, Bill. So The very first snap he'll line up in wild card, well, Wildcat just so he can put a running back down as the starting yeah. quarterback. They're like, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson is our starter. You're like, God damn it, Bill. We'll be running asshole. the Army's offense, the triple <laughs> option all yeah. game long. We've decided to run the wing T. Because I can. Um, yeah, I, you're right. Packers will take care of this one probably pretty easy. Oh, look at that. Packers get uh, locked into a game against backup. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Let's move on. Um, hey, the Colts finally get their first win of the season, and it's against the Kansas City Chiefs coming Surprise. to town. 17-20. to 20. This was a fun one to the end. Um, the stats on here, basically I looked down the list, and it's like, well, the Chiefs' defense had five sacks. And then uh, you know Matt Ryan had two touchdown passes to the rookie Delaney Woods. That was that's kind of it here. Chiefs had a horrible game on special teams. The rookie Sky Moore uh, punt muff the first one, and then 
doesn't receive the second one and they down it at like the one inch line. So it was just a bad start for Kansas City due to that, but they still led at halftime 14-10. But uh, this one goes to the end. Um, they get the touchdown 25 seconds left. Chiefs actually get the ball all the way down to Indy's 46-yard line, but uh, trying to get closer and a deflected interception. And it's over. It is hard to play on the road. Um, it almost felt a little bit like Kansas City uh, treated this like a trap game. Wasn't a mm. ton of respect for uh, for the Colts coming out, and the Colts, I think, kind of surprised them, to be honest with you. Um, once again, nine times out of ten, I think the Chiefs win this game. <laughs> Um, well, and without Harrison Butker, that was huge. Yeah. The replacement kicker missing the extra point and then a field goal in the fourth. There you go. There's four points right there, and there's the swing for the the, the win. But, yeah, uh, give it up for the Colts. Their season isn't over yet because if you could beat a Chiefs team, that means that you can probably take on anybody, at least at home. Yep. But uh, this didn't – yeah, you're right. This didn't make me panic for the Chiefs. No way. No, there's no panic here. This is – oh, okay, we got – we got hurt pretty good. We're not going to be undefeated through most of the year. We we got to get our shit together. Um, you lose. You hate to lose one in conference, but it's not in division, so mm-hmm. they'll be able to rebound from this quickly. And the Colts really, really needed this. They're waiting for uh, Shaq Leonard to get back in the biggest way. Like the defense was okay, but I think Shaq Leonard is a real difference maker once he gets back in there. Because Quiddy Pay did a good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Bobby Okariki did a pretty fucking good job. But uh, there's just there's a facet of this that is missing with uh, with Shaq Leonard gone. Yeah. No, you're right. Colts defense stepped up in this one, but it could be better. The Chiefs try to get back. Well, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers trying to get off this night on Sunday night football. So far, this one is going to be played Sunday night in Tampa Bay, but we have to preface it by saying there is also a hurricane expected through about that time on Sunday. So for that, uh, they say... They're going to wait till maybe tomorrow, and they might call this one and move it. And if so, it might be played in Minneapolis, probably in uh, the Vikings stadium, given that the Vikings are playing in London this week. So Chiefs at Buccaneers or Chiefs versus Buccaneers at an alternate location. Dan, what do you think of this one? No matter. Play this shit on the moon. Chiefs all the way. <laughs> he, he ain't firing a lot of cannons this year, folks. I told you. I Listen, I love fire and cannons but i fire <laughs> cannons appropriate i am a i'm a conscientious cannon owner you know what i mean i'm a thoughtful conscious uh, conscious cannon owner i, I don't feel like fire you're pissed that tom brady changed his mind you're like man tom fuck you i ain't picking you all season long <laughs> you're allowed i i was saying this recently one of the best things you can do is when you change your mind when confronted with new information i think it's the mark of a true intellect I think Tom Brady didn't get any new fucking information. He just was vacillating back and forth. And I can't stand a vacillator. I won't stand a vacillator. So Tom new Brady information was, was that he wasn't going to get the Miami Dolphins front <laughs> office gig. And he had it's to come like, back yeah, to shit. Tampa. Anyways, um, I'm with you, though, too. Chiefs. I like the Chiefs in this one. I don't know how healthy Tampa's going to be by then. And uh, they won't have a... I just don't think the fans will be traveling and stuff like that if they no. play in an alternate location too. So, it anything but benefit the Chiefs. Um, I like the I like the Chiefs as well. Let's talk about the Titans 
finally getting their first victory of the season. They beat the Raiders. This was a, uh, oh boy, if you lose this one, you're in trouble game. And that goes to the Raiders. 22-24, Titans win it. We both picked the Raiders to win this on we the did. road, but the Titans take care of business. Carr had over 300 yards. He had to go to other people like uh, Hollins. Henry, 143 yards on the ground. Titans had a strong lead to start this one. It was 24, well, it was 24 to 13 into the fourth quarter. Um, even when the Raiders got it close, uh, they would like immediately turn around and get a big old touchdown like the Titans did. So, oh no, I'm sorry. The, I'm thinking uh, the Titans just kind of held on to this one. It was 24 to 10, and then they just kind of held on until it was 22-24 and on a two-point conversion, no, no good. Yeah, Tennessee Again. did not score a point in the second half. Not a single point. <laughs> but they were able to get a few fairly successful drives going um, in the third quarter. I mean, really only two, to be honest with you. But um, I, I don't feel like the Raiders have a fucking plan. And that's the thing that's kind of alarming to me is uh, it, it doesn't feel like they're all together cohesive. Um, not offensively. I mean, they don't have much of a running game going. The Titans, you can say that. If if Derrick Henry gets going, they're probably going to win the game. You can't say that about anybody on the Raiders. They can't get Josh Jacobs going. They they can't get Devontae going. They can't get Derek Carr going. He's having average, average games. And then the defense is not good enough to hold up against even moderate offensive attacks like the Tennessee Titans this year. Mm-hmm. I'm really worried. I am I'm not ready to put a tombstone on the Vegas Raiders. Not yet. Not yet. But I am very, very close. I think had the Chargers won this weekend, I would have been ready to put a, uh, a tombstone on this. But the AFC West did not do well this weekend. Um, True. And so I'm, I'm not ready to put a tombstone on them yet, but they got to get something figured. They cannot go 0-4. They just can't do it. Otherwise, I'm putting a tombstone very early on in the season. Yeah, well, they, yeah, the stats aren't good for them uh, heading now. They have two losses in conference, one in division, and the other one was the Cardinals, but that was at home. Um, I think there's a stat that says if you don't count the people that beat the Raiders, every team the Raiders have lost to have been outscored on an average of 16 points per game. Wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they, the teams that beat the Raiders are themselves getting the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, so that's, no, that's not, not a good, good sign for the Raiders. Um, we talked about too last year how the Titans kind of played to their competition. That was that team last year. The, I don't know if this is a Titans team that is that this year. I felt like they kind of just outlasted those Raiders. I mean, even a win, the Titans' first win this year didn't leave me like with a oh well all's fixed in tennessee and they go to indianapolis this week and play the colts who also you know trying to get off the snide too titans at colts it's a divisional matchup afc south that's kind of getting turned on its head of late what do you think dan (sighs) this is a tough one um i i just don't I would love if Shaq Leonard's back. I'm going to change my mind about this game, and I'm going to say go Colts. But I think the Titans are going to win this on the, on the road. I think the Colts are going to have a real tough year from what I've seen. So I'm going to pick the Titans on the road. I know that's a rarity for the Titans to actually get a win in Indy, but I think the Titans get on the road and actually get it done this week. 
you're trying to say if if Darius Leonard somehow plays, you'll you'll maybe change your mind and go Colts, but otherwise it's Titans. I I think so. Uh, okay. I just I I was not impressed by the defense. I think he would be a real shot in the arm that is needed for this team. But sure. if the Titans do not play Shaq Leonard, or sorry, if the Colts don't play Shaq Leonard, I think the Colts lose. I'm going to go Colts no matter what here, just because they're at home. <clears throat> the AFC South is a, is a mess, but uh, and Titans can, you know, they they have Colts number, but Colts need some wins, and maybe the Kansas City victory give them a little credit here. So I'll have Colts get on a little win streak, and they beat the Titans. That's why I'm picking for that one. Let's talk about one more game here before uh, we we take a break. Uh, 49ers Broncos. This was Sunday night. There's something weird going on Sunday night that people just don't like to put points on the board. <laughs> 10 to 11 was this you're, one. It, you're sleepy. Not, yeah, not a scoregami, not a uh, outcome we expected either. We thought the Niners, Garoppolo and all, were going to take this one. But instead, we yeah, we were dealt with 7 to 3 Niners at the half. A third quarter uh, where Jimmy Garoppolo has an Orlovsky moment mm-hmm. and just walks out the back of the end zone to take a safety. Seven, it was 7-5 seven, at that point. Uh, the Broncos get their only touchdown with about four minutes left in this game. Yeah, the even they gave the Niners multiple times after that to go down there and and win it, but couldn't do it. Uh, Wilson fumbled to end it, and uh, Niners lose in in uh, in Mile High. It's this was a real shit game, like it well, <laughs> this, wasn't. Yeah, this thing really really sucked. I mean, it didn't seem like either team had their shit together at all. Um, the Forty ers defense pretty good. The Broncos offense pretty shitty. Uh, Broncos defense that's all right. Forty ers offense don't know what they're doing. Jimmy G coming back. He looks fucking super rusty. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks like he's lost like spatial awareness capabilities. How does that happen? You miss an offseason, and you don't know where the fuck you are on the field? I just don't understand. I mean, the crazy thing is everybody last week, and we were in the same breath. We're like, Jimmy G's back. Time to get it. And then you go, oh, right, 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 right. This is why they were willing to replace <laughs> you with a fucking untested second-year quarterback because you clearly suck dick. Like, yeah. you're fucking awful, Jimmy. And... A 10-point performance by Jimmy G, not surprising. Um, right. 49ers otherwise are loaded. The offensive line is loaded. The defensive line is loaded. Defensive secondary, loaded. Backfield, loaded. Jimmy G, if they can get some like some plus quarterback play, this is very much a, a, a team killer in the NFC West. If they keep putting Jimmy G and Jimmy G puts these games together – they're going to struggle to win seven games. Yeah, well, and then they lost Trent Williams, and he's got a high ankle sprain. That's going to be some games, too. Mm-hmm. I think they said it a, a month is their guess here. That's not good. That's not good for your left tackle. You're no. all pro left tackle either. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, dear God, how how much they paying Russell Wilson for uh, 184 yards, 20 of 33 and six carries for seven. To, give me a break. Too much. Denver. This is the. I guess they were blinded by the like. Hey, it worked when we brought Peyton Manning over. Let's just you know, it, plug and play, man. Plug and play. Yeah, this is uh, embarrassing right now, and it's it's a long season, and maybe Russ Wilson's just trying to understand his his 
weapons a little bit more. Uh, we thought Jerry Judy was going to be out for a while, and he played in this game, but for two catches, he might as well have sat on the bench. Yeah. Um, Wilson will run around. I mean, he still has that escapism, and he'll find somebody on a broken play, but the scripted ones aren't working. Sorry. Um, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is doing a bad job offensively. Like, yeah. you know, we talk about the coordinators, you know, all the coordinators for Belichick don't do real well. Um, the offensive coordinators for Aaron Rodgers, how much of that is Aaron Rodgers? How much of that is Nathaniel Hackett? I got to think a lot of it is Aaron Rodgers. At least getting the play in on time. I mean, come on. It doesn't um, make sense. The Broncos started hot last year, uh, and it, we were pretty much like, no, we don't believe in that. Now, here they're 2-1, and one, and they're going to go to the 0-3 and three Raiders. Are the Broncos the better team here, uh, the 2-1 and one Broncos? Broncos or Raiders? Dan, uh, AFC West, what do you like? Part of the reason why I didn't tombstone the Raiders is uh, because I think they're going to win this game. From what I've seen, the Raiders are a better team than what the Broncos are putting out on the field. Now, if I am wrong... The concrete is dry, and the inscription is ready. <laughs> mm. But I truly believe that uh, the Raiders will actually get off the schneid this week against this uh, pretty anemic, pretty rudderless uh, Russell Wilson Broncos team. Yeah. Yeah, this is a late start, one of 325, and about the only one of the three played that I care to pay attention to. Um, I'll, I like the Raiders in this one, too, at home. They need it. Uh, they needed a whole lot more than the mess of the Broncos do. I mean, I didn't pick the Broncos at home against the Niners for a reason, and I st- they only won by a point. So I like the Raiders. I'm going to go with that. And with that, folks, let's take a break. And when we return, there's a bunch more games to go. Dan's still smiling. I'm smiling. Why are we smiling? Let's tell you about it when we return, okay? Okay. This is the push-off. Thanks, everybody. We're returned, and uh, we're back from the break, so it means it's time for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but if you're in this part of our program, it means we don't think much of either your team or the output this week, and so fix that shit, why don't you? Um, yeah. You know, you can go to the, the Russell Wilson school of getting people hyped up and see if that helps at all. Uh, let's so, ride. Yeah, let's, let's ride. ride. Let's ride through right. these two minutes. Let's put those clock, those numbers on the clock because I got four games to go through. And ready to go. We're going to start in Thursday night last week where the Browns beat the Steelers 29-17. Pittsburgh has got to make a change at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky is fucking garbage. Although, mm-hmm. uh, I will say, uh, Brissett looked okay. And, yeah, and Cooper getting going. Uh, this game would have just been 17-23 if not for a weird Steeler pitch oh, yeah, play right at the, the end. end. Making people money, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the Bengals beat up on the Jets. Finally, the Bengals get their first win, 27-12. to 12. Nothing is a better sorbet for a losing team than facing the New York Jets. Uh, let that be a lesson to you, you fucking idiot Browns. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is the way it's supposed to go. Cincinnati in charge this whole game. Uh, didn't put the boot on the throat the way they need to, but it's a long season yet. 
yeah, Jets couldn't get in the end zone, just a bunch of field goals. That wasn't going to do it. Uh, the Eagles dominating the Commanders, looking good, 24-8. to I'm mad about how good the Eagles look this year. I'm very yeah. unhappy about it. I'm perfectly they, happy with how shitty the Commanders look. <laughs> yeah, none of us are happy with what the Eagles are doing right now, but it's a long season. Let's give them time to screw it up. No, no, they look very good. Um, Hurts, oh, 340 yards, three touchdowns. People are talking about him, MVP stuff. Look out. It's legit uh, and, so far. Yeah, and then finally, the Rams beat up on the Cardinals, twenty to twelve. This is when I this is the one I picked that got over you. Yeah, I mean, I I did not I don't have a lot of love for the Rams this year, man. And honestly, they don't look good. Arizona just looks worse. Uh, Arizona does not look like they've got their shit together. And Kyler Murray, aside from these moments of brilliance, does not seem to be making consistently good decisions. He threw the ball almost sixty times. Almost yeah. 60 times. That's too much for Kyler Murray. He's got, strangely, the guy's got to be making more plays with his feet uh, than he was allowed to in this game. So That's got to be our two minutes, so let's talk about some games we have for next week, Dan. Oh, I want to start yeah. with the Thursday night football, Dolphins at Bengals. For me, this is one of the tougher ones to pick. I mean, we talk about how tough it is f- to go on the road uh, on Thursday night. But then you talk about these Dolphins that look like they're world beaters and that they can take on anybody the last couple of weeks. So let's start here, Dan. Who do you like, Dolphins or Bengals? Not hard for me. Uh, I'm very concerned with Tua's back problems. Ooh, okay. And so I don't think he's going to be his sharpest this week, especially on a short week and especially going on the road. I'm going to pick Cincinnati to go 2-2 two and two to start the season. All right. And get the Dolphins off the... You know, undefeated streak. I could see that happening. That's right. Yeah, it would be the Dolphins' first loss. Um, yeah, this is the toughest one for me to pick too. But it does make sense on a short week after such a big win at home. Uh, the last, well, at home against Miami, and then you you won it in, in Baltimore. That traveling to Cincy, short week, all this stuff wouldn't work for you, right? Right. Since he's figured it out, I mean, so this is my thing. I'm going to take Cincinnati here too, but I okay. think if they lose here, even if it is the Dolphins and the Dolphins are really good, then it might be time to panic for Cincinnati because the only then all it is is you beat the Jets. That's it. Then it, you go back to well, they only beat the Jets. I would say yes, except that the rest of their division is also not very good. Um, the Ravens are good, but I mean, I think they'll beat the Browns the next time out, and I think they'll beat the Steelers the next time out. So all is I, not lost. I think they had a good second half against Cowboys too. So I'm kind of, I'm thinking that it, that's where they took off, and that they're mm-hmm. going to continue this upward motion. So that's why I'm taking them too. But man, this is the one I've been back and forth on since I looked at it. But let's let's move on before I change my mind again. <laughs> uh, Jets at Steelers. Yes, this is a game that's happening. Jets. I'm actually going to go with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The uh, Mm. the Steelers' offense is the worst I've seen all year. And if they don't do something about Trubisky, they are going to keep nosediving into a bottom five team in the NFL. Um, There is no T.J. Watt coming back anytime soon. I'm going to pick the Jets, who may have the return of uh, the MILF hunter. Zach Wilson? Yeah, Yeah. I was just wondering that if Zach Wilson's not returning for this one because I thought they were talking about a week four. And I think Entry. that'll be that'll be invigorating for them. Although the offense hasn't really been the problem for the Jets entirely. Joe Flacco hasn't been the issue. It's just they do need a playmaker, and this is another shot in the arm. 
they found points in Cleveland, but they did not find him at home there against those Bengals. So I I think the Steelers will take this one just because they'll be at home and their defense against a Jets team that they just don't they don't have any respect for. <laughs> um, I think the Steelers needed to, and and you know uh, they have not had a losing record with um, the coach uh, the, Mike Tomlin. Had, Tomlin, thank you, at the helm from the beginning. So. I think they're going to be good enough, and you beat you win these games at home to be good enough. So I'll pick them for that. Monday night football this week is an NFC West matchup: the LA Rams to San Francisco to play the Niners. What do we think of this one? Whew, what a disappointment this game has turned out to be. Um, <laughs> like I said, I don't have a lot of faith in the Rams. Um, I don't. I don't think they're an explosive team. I think the Niners' defense is better. I'm going to trust Kyle Shanahan to call a good game, and I'm actually going to pick the 49ers at home. Even though I think the Rams' offense is better, I think Jimmy G is currently getting beaten with sticks by Kyle <laughs> Shanahan in a small room somewhere and just says, hand the fucking ball to Debo, hand the fucking ball to Debo, and then he slams his dick in a book. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think if uh, I think if the 49ers are going to go anywhere, they've got to win this game at home and get 2-2. Two and two. Well, he's got to get rid of that ball even quicker because no Trent Williams. Give me them Rams on the road. Uh, one wonder coon to the next uh, of these coaches. Oh, yeah, the L.A.'s much more healthier. I, I like the Rams in this one, and we've got some games that we're picking opposite this week, mm-hmm. Dan, so look out. Okay, let's talk about Monday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys go into New York, and they beat the then-undefeated Giants no longer. 23 to 16 you had a nice game by pollard and your cowboys defense once again with five sacks cowboys defense was outrageous they've been really really good through the first three weeks of the season and they've been doing a thing that is not inauthentic they've been getting pressure they pressured daniel jones 40 times Mm. that's insane that is well, an Daniel insane amount of there. pressure. But but that's <laughs> no, 40 moves. is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the Cowboys are getting pass rush. They are getting pass rush without a lot of linebacker help. Now, you know, it's just basically Micah Parsons, but you know he's coming. Um, he's too good at pass rushing for you not to see him coming. So I feel really good about this Cowboys team. I feel like... I feel like they're ready to go. I feel like when Dak gets back, we're suddenly a top six, top seven team in the NFL. With a defense like this, when Gallup gets back, CD, who really pushed off a couple big mistakes in this game to come up majorly clutch in the final drive for the Cowboys, final real drive for the Cowboys, I think <laughs> that is that's something. I mean, it is not a measure of a man that he never fails. It's that he keeps getting back up again. Yeah, CD was but, having a bad game, and then that last drive was all CD Lamb, and I love that he needed it. Cooper Rush needed it. The Cowboys fans needed it, and then the defense just clamped down. Yeah, no, they needed a game like him because I think you're right. Outside of the running game, they were trying to find other weapons, and now Cooper Rush knows he can go to him. Uh, this game, yeah, was slow getting started by the both offenses, six to three at the half, um, and then. Uh, the Giants had just Saquon Barkley kind of working for him, 126 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. He led well, both rushing and receiving, I think, for him. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then they lost Sterling Shepard, and they lost him for the year as he tore his ACL. They lost Sterling Shepard super late, though. I don't think it was That's too true. much of a difference maker in the game. But, I mean, ACL, and you could see it on the replay when he popped it because it was non-contact. And you're like, ooh, that's a, that's the whole season. I'm sorry, Didn't, Sterling. Yeah, nobody touched him. Well, the thing is, is yeah, he's been their offense outside of Saquon Barkley so far. Because for some reason they don't even want to play Kenny Galladay. I don't know what he said about Brian Dayball's family, but my <laughs> God, those two. Who don't get in a room with just the two of them. Well, he also had a big drop in this game on uh, one of the last drives. He True. had it right in his numbers. It doesn't and he help. Just fucking, yeah, just went right through. Because it was it. like heading into this game where it's like Kenny Galladay's not happy that he's only been on the field for X amount. And they're like, well, that's not going to help him. Yeah, because it was Richie James was in there more and stuff like that. So. He had three targets, zero catches. All of a sudden, the Giants are going to be in trouble offensively in Saquon's still healthy. But, yeah, Daniel Jones is hes wearing thin. This was a home game against the Cowboys team. You kind of needed to uh, show up and show that you could do I mean, I don't know. You're also a rebuilding team, so maybe Giants are going it, to sure. – it's not like Dayball's going to get fired this week. And uh, um, i got to admit, Xavier McKinney, that's a good safety right there. Yes, yeah, we love Xavier McKinney. Um, you loved him more than I did. I remember that was part of the big Grant Delpit. Um, that's right. Argument. I was the Xavier McKinney guy. Grant Delpit's had injury. Yeah, I know. That's a real bummer, man. That's a real bummer. And he's playing Cleveland. Um, your Cowboys have the Commanders coming to town. Who knows how many seats and bunches they'll bring with them this time. But um, Commanders at Cowboys, Dan. Give me, give me your thoughts. You better believe I'm not picking the fucking Commanders. I'm not picking Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to be on his goddamn back with this Cowboys defense, rushing mm. the way they're rushing. He is slightly better than Daniel Jones. I will grant him that. But this Cowboys defense is out for blood, and you must remember the Commanders, no matter what name they go by, are our blood rival. We want them dead. I want Carson Wentz destroyed. And if the Giants give me, or sorry, if the Cowboys give me that, if Micah Parsons delivers me a head on a pike, I will be very, very happy. Yeah, Commanders, guy, they got started so slow last week, and uh, now they have to go on the road to a Dallas team that feels like they can take on anybody. That defense will be very sweltering. So give me the Cowboys at home as well. Uh, I I picked against them last week. I shouldn't have. And and I told Dan that too, because I was like, listen back to the show last week, and we were all about how you were finally positive on the Cowboys, and I just moved right along, moved right <laughs> along. I think I didn't want to tell you that I was taking the Giants, but uh, I should have. They didn't get it. Um, and now we have to talk about Texans Bears. That's the next one on the list. Texans Bears twenty to twenty three. Uh, this game was tight. It was back and forth on two teams that just kind of. Not not very good. Um, Mills had a touchdown and two picks. Fields had two picks himself. Uh, it was the running games by both these teams. The rookie Pierce with over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then Herbert for the uh, Bears because Montgomery has been in, injured. 157 yards and two touchdowns. Look good. Look real good. Yeah. Texans D had five sacks too. This is a real game of disappointing quarterbacks the mm-hmm. only team that is disappointed by the fact that their quarterback is disappointing is the Bears. <laughs> they invested a lot in Justin Fields, and he has not looked pro-ready since the first game. Um, his first game came out looking pretty good, especially compared to uh, fucking Trey Lance. But uh, this is this is not a good look. This is 
He doesn't look pro-ready. He's not accurate. Um, he's trying to run, but he, he doesn't seem decisive. This was a bad Texans team. I know they won. I know the Bears are 2-1, and one, but there's no one that believes in them. I don't believe in them. Um, he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket, has really bad situational awareness. Sure, there's athletic ability, but you got to make reads. you got to make decisions faster. And then Davis Mills is Davis fucking Mills. The, the Texans don't want him to be their starter. They just want him to do what he's doing, which is not embarrass them and get them to a top five draft pick so they can draft his replacement. Yeah. Yeah. The You're right. The Bears are in a, a tough spot here. Um, I think they they know that uh, Justin Fields is, is um, not going to be the answer. And he wasn't picked by this front office. He wasn't picked by this coaching staff and all this stuff. So they can maybe move on without making too big of a fuss on it. Uh, a lot of teams have drafted first-round quarterbacks in the middle of the first round that just don't work out. And the best thing to do is to move on. When you know that, if you spend more years wallowing with them because you're not willing to admit your, you know, your faults, then then it's going to cost you more of a problem here. Arizona uh, Cardinals, uh, Steelers. Sorry, Dwayne. Hey, how Haskins how many years did we commanders. play with the uh, Christian Ponder? I mean, we've all oh, been there. We all we've, been there. Um, hey, hey the, I I had a lot in the uh, the late two, that's right. uh, the early two thousands. Man, I know how it goes. Um. This game, though, wouldn't have even had the Bears lining up for the game-winning field goal if not for the uh, interception thrown and uh, nice setup, basically, with the the defense for the Bears. So both these teams' defenses are somewhat there, too. Um, Bears have to go to New York this week. They're playing the Giants. Uh, so they are 2-1, and one, but their only wins have come from home uh, and one of them in a downpour. So how are they going to do on the road here in New York? I am 3-0 and in my New York Giants-based pick this year. Uh. I picked them to win both their first two games. I picked them to lose against the Cowboys. I'm going to pick them to beat this Chicago Bears team uh, that is extremely one-dimensional. And Daniel Jones showed me enough against a really good Cowboys defense that I think he'll do pretty well against a medium or moderate Bears defense. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Giants. I think they got to find some more yeah, offense here. Um without Sterling Shepard and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, come on. they got to find at least more enough than the Bears to, right? So I'll take the Giants here at home as well. Come on, G-Men. Um, they are two 2-1 two and one teams, though. How about that? Uh, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're at Jaguar News. Jaguar. <laughs> 38 to the Chargers, 10. Now, yes, you had uh, – uh, Herbert, who's dealing with some uh, rib injuries and stuff like that, heading into this game, they lost Joey Bosa. They lost Rashawn Slater, and Rashawn Slater for the season. Yeah, it's a torn one. pectoral, so that's not going to get any easier for him. But you're at home. These players weren't injured the entire game. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns on you, James Robinson over 100 yards total from the line of scrimmage dominated you from the word go 38 to 10 they were ahead 16 to 7 at the half this was a beating you know this wasn't one of those oh yeah they ran up the score late no they they basically scored 31 points through three quarters this was a drubbing Mm -hmm. of the chargers yes justin herbert was injured yes you could tell the entire game 
but they got nothing going in the running game, which means that's a unfortunately one-dimensional Chargers offense. This is the first game I've been worried about the Chargers all season. Yeah, I hope Justin Herbert heals up. I hope he gets his strength back. I hope he can push the ball the way he needs to um, over the next couple games. But yeah, this Chargers Chargers offense, nothing special. Chargers defense uh, couldn't really pursue to the edges. The Jaguars seemed faster than they did, uh, and that was really surprising to me. LaVisca Chenault looked great. We love LaVisca. Uh, sorry, not LaVisca. He was in another, another game here. He had a touchdown, uh, though. Yeah, that's good. He did out. have a touchdown. It was just in my head. I was like, uh, Christian Kirk has been a pretty good signing, and Zay Jones looks really, really good. So there's some talent there in Jacksonville at the wide receiver position, and Trevor Lawrence seems to be making reasonably good decisions. I still don't think he's the second coming of Christ that everybody was painting him to be, but he looks to be a mid-tier quarterback, and that's good enough with enough talent that the Jaguars have. Yeah, I wonder um, if it was a trap game or not. I think the Jaguars are finally uh, rounding out into a more competitive team than they were the last few years, and that's got to be some coaching. That's got to be you know, getting the uh, Ohio man out of out of town as quick as they did. <laughs> And going to uh, yeah, going to the coaching staff that's kind of been there before with um, what's his name from Philly? Uh, Doug Peterson looked good. Doug Peterson, you know all of these coaches' names tonight, Dan. <laughs> I'm just going to point to you for every one of them. I'm feeling sharp today. Um, so yeah, give it up for the Jaguars. You guys are now two and one. You're at the top of the AFC South, and I think you got a shot here to be a competitor. Um, it's a very tough AFC that you're getting involved with here. So uh, good luck. Um, and it's not going to get any easier this week as you got the Eagles. You're going to Philadelphia. I would love, would love to pick the Chargers. You know. Oh, sorry. My nope. apologies. Uh, <laughs> sorry, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers to win the Jaguars-Eagles game. Yes. I I mean, yeah. <laughs> From out of nowhere, Justin <laughs> Herbert. I would love to pick the Jaguars. I would love it. The Jaguars are we no one hates the Jaguars. No one hates the Jaguars. And I hate the Eagles with a passion. <laughs> I would love if the Jaguars were able to upset the Eagles on the road. I just don't think it's doable. The Eagles look really, really good. Jalen Hurts is gonna be a big problem for that defense. I'm especially at home. I'm gonna pick the Eagles to start four and oh, Scott, I'm mm. sad about myself. That's what I mean. These things happen sometimes. You know uh, what? Even... No, fuck it. I can't do it. I'm picking the goddamn Jaguars. <laughs> no, you're not. I you am. I'm picking pick the Jaguars. The... I can't. I can't do it. I can't pick the fucking Eagles. I've I've picked them to lose almost every game. I'm picking the Jaguars. I can't. This I... seems like like one of these like that you can just come back. Well, I did though. I've no, no. These, I, I'm gonna pick right. the Jaguars. I'm gonna believe in the two and one Jaguars. Don't let me down, Jacksonville Duval. Fuck I mean, I'm going to cheer for that direction, but sure. I'm going to be picking with my head, and it's the Eagles. <laughs> fine, fine. You know, you know what? You know what? Don't come pick? crying to me. Yeah, don't right. come crying to me next week when the Jaguars run a rough shot over the Eagles. And I wouldn't. I'd be happy about it. <laughs> Listen, it's I'm just mad all the time, sound, Scott. I'm just mad Now it's win-win for me. You set <laughs> yourself true. up for heartbreak. Oh, damn it, I am. Oh, well, it is what it is. You wanted to pick your Chargers to win. They're going to Houston. Will you pick them to win? I definitely will pick them to win. Uh, I will definitely pick them to win in Houston. I would pick you and I to win in Houston at this point. <laughs> yeah. Chargers just, are quite banged up. They, uh, Herbert played that entire game even when it was out of reach. They're, they're, they're marching him out there, broken ribs or cartilage banged up and all. 
Uh, so I assume he's playing in this one. Um, but they will be banged up. But, yeah, it would it would be a free fall for the Chargers to lose in this one too. So they got to get it. So I'll take the Chargers on the road. We're picking the same at least in that one. All right, mm-hmm. Dan. Uh, three more games for you. Let's let's yep. wrap it up. Uh, the Panthers beat the Saints twenty-two to fourteen. This is the one where Lavishka Chenault had a nice touchdown. That's true. Yes. Uh, Panthers jumped up in this one thirteen to nothing. Uh, Saints had a thirty-yard field goal right before the half, but it was blocked. A Camara fumble turned into a Panthers touchdown in that first half, so they were controlling it. Then the Saints uh, get a touchdown the start of the fourth quarter that Chenault and the Panthers immediately answered. So it was seven to 19 before you could blink. And then seven to 22 with seven minutes left. So even though this game finished 14 to 22, it wasn't that close through most of it. Most of this was the Panthers controlling it at home. Jameis Winston does not look good this year. Uh, doesn't make great decisions at the quarterback position. There's nobody behind him really pushing. And Alvin Kamara, I don't know if the fucking penalty thing for the fight in Vegas is weighing over him, but he is not the same. He does not look Alvin Kamara-level explosive, but it's also because defenses are keying on him. They're just saying, Jameis, do what you want. We're not afraid of you. So they need to make some changes offensively here in New Orleans because you shouldn't get beaten this badly by the Carolina fucking Panthers. Although they did get Christian McCaffrey going, which is going to be a difference maker. I mean, he had over 25 carries, which I think... Now that he's had over 25 carries, the next game he's legally required to explode into a pile of dust. So (laughs) that's a bummer. Uh, Baker Mayfield had less than 50% of his passes completed, threw for less than 200 yards, and wins the game. Back to that, yeah. That's Baker Mayfield. You know, this is is the winning Baker Mayfield. So you don't want the the gunslinger 350-yard Baker Mayfield. You want the guy that's 200 yards and, uh, you know, making plays here and there. So... I, I'm still not high on either of these teams. I'm not high on this entire division, but the Carolina Panthers saved themselves from receiving a tombstone. Yeah, this is the this is how you win if you're the Panthers. This is the recipe for success. Um, the Saints, you're right. Winston is kind of slowly heading back to his old ways of I'm just going to check it up, throw some interceptions, have a good time. I mean, he still throws a lot of uh, passes for a lot mm-hmm. of yards. Guy's got an arm. Uh, he 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 woke up Chris Olave, the rookie, getting going. Um, but it was so late in this game. They yeah, they were playing catch up. They another onside kick that was needed, just unsuccessful. So Panthers take care of business, and they go well. They got the Cardinals coming to Carolina. Uh, this is an interesting one. I think it's two NFC teams that I don't have a lot of a uh, lot of confidence Faithen? in. Yeah. yeah. So who do you like in it, Dan? Uh, it's the fact that they're traveling all the way across the country. Um, the fact that Carolina was finding new wrinkles. I don't love Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he calls a great game. I think he's got a lot. Of, he's used to having a lot more talent than he's got this year, and I think it shows. I'm going to pick the Panthers to actually win this game at home. Um, it's a bit of a surprise. I think it's a bit of an upset, but that's what I'm calling. I think at the beginning of the year, I was somebody that was saying, I think Cliff Kingsbury might be on a hot seat, um, especially if the the Cardinals like fall apart or don't make the playoffs and stuff this year. But there's no hotter seat than Matt Rule. <laughs> Panthers are going to lose at home because the Cardinals are feisty. You know, uh, Kyler Murray will run around a little bit there. He'll, he'll get the win. Um, Baker Mayfield throw too many interceptions. So I'm opposite you there. I like Cardinals on the road. 
trying to be more uh, assertive and actually pick these <laughs> games this week. No. All right, let's talk about my Vikings win as they beat the Lions 24-28. to I don't know if they should have, but they did. It was 14-all at the half. Um, this game actually was 14-0 Lions and 14-all. Then it was 24-14 Lions into the fourth quarter. And then uh, Vikings make it a three-point game. Under two minutes, no timeouts. Lions go for a 54-yard field goal with a minute 14 left. They don't get it. Vikings turn around and about three plays later, later Osborne on the deepest play they had all game. Touchdown, go ahead, 45 seconds left. And Gotha's interception to end it. Vikings win. I think this is the first time ever that a team has overcome two separate 10-point deficits to win a game. First time ever? Is it really? I, I believe it's the Quite first time ever. It's a tremendous... I'm I'm throwing out stats this week, Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, We're you really got them. Flipping rolls. Um, <laughs> I understand. I understand why they went for that field goal. I don't think it was a good idea. <laughs> no, it wasn't That's, the right choice. It was not the right choice. You do one of two things. You either trust your offense or you pin that shit deep. Uh, a Minnesota team that had not been offensively explosive all day. Your defense had done a pretty good job. You got to put them in a position where they can win the game for you. Um, I think a missed 54-yard field goal is just not the right way to go. Inside the 40, you know, inside 40 yards, totally get it. Understand 100% with you. 54 yards is not a gimme, and that is too much of a field flip to give a Vikings defense or a Vikings team that has this much offensive capability if not consistently. Uh, yeah. You just can't put them in a position like that. Well, what was yeah, what was weird about it was they went for a fourth down constantly in this game. They were four for six doing it too, so they were pretty successful. Most of those fourth downs were like a yard or two yards and were a little bit further down the field than this. But you ha- I think you have to look at field goal attempts just like going for it on fourth down because the same – scenario would happen uh, drop pass incomplete pass whatever miss field goal the other team gets it there and turns around and goes back in fact they get the a little bit better field goal because of the snap back is so far back in a field goal attempt so it's actually going to get even better yards with a missed mm-hmm. field goal uh so when he had the choice between a field goal or going for it on fourth down with the negative aspect going to be the same the positive aspect would be so much better for the Lions if he went for it and got it on fourth. A field goal would only made it a six-point game. Yeah. You're still giving the ball to the Vikings. A first down would have ended it there. It was yeah. over. So very surprised that he went out for the field goal to do it. And even another option better than the field goal is just punt it. Yeah. And then we're starting all the way, way down there and have to do the whole, the whole field down there. So, yes, he chose out of three options the complete worst one. I think this is a new coach. I think this is a Lions team figuring out how to win. I was there last year with a Vikings team that was like, listen, we can win these games, but we are also like 50-50 one side, the other side of the coin, we could lose it because we're just that team this year. We're not as confident that when we're in those tight ones that they're ours, that we're going to take it. So I think the Lions are figuring that out still, and they're – they're just a little gun shy where it was there for their taking so much in this game and they couldn't do it. Well, that was the crazy thing. You made a great point about the way the points looked at the end of the game. 
Yeah. You can either give them the ball and then encourage them to go for a field goal attempt, which historically the Minnesota Vikings don't love late game winning field goals. Which we could have done. We could have slowed up there after that first Osborne thing and been like, let's just go for the tie. Yeah. It, it very much changes the way they approach the end of the game, putting them in a situation where they have to score at least or where you have to score three points. Yeah, I just I don't understand. I don't understand what yeah. the logic was. I really don't get it. Detroit called a pretty good game. I think this one's on Dan Campbell, though. Yeah, and he said it, too. It was a great game until that point. Unfortunately, that was that was what it was for the Lions. They are going ah, They're going to be a problem all, all season long for everybody, though. They look. Yeah, they look just that good. Um, Swift had an injury uh, in this game, but I think they don't think it's going to be that serious, so he'll be back. But didn't Jamal matter. Williams Jamal was great. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Williams was fine in his stead, at least against us. Dalvin Cook had an injury too uh, that I thought was collarbone uh, initially when I saw it, but it turns out it was a dislocated shoulder, so we'll see how he goes too. It's a short week for the Vikings, though, as they're playing in London against the Saints. 8.30 in the morning, Dan, we have to do these picks like this. Vikings, Saints, who do you like? <laughs> well, we're getting a little Australian this It is, it is. <laughs> if you're going to hold your Liverpool, you got to make sure you fuck with your vowels. That's right. It's not a proper English, is it? Can't really... So late in the evening. <laughs> also, I'll, I'll say this. I... You know me. I love me some me. Perhaps one of the things I do better than most people is accents, my dude. Oh, accents. is that right? As you know, <laughs> uh, if you want to throw a little Liverpudlian, we can go upper crust British if you want to. But uh, I think the Saints will not go marching in, not mm-hmm. in this good night. I think the Vikings on the road road uh, will actually beat these New Orleans Saints. Why? Because they're dastard boys. The dastards. <laughs> and I can't stand them. I think the Vikings have more top-end power. I think the Vikings are more explosive. And the Vikings feel a better defense. So, of course, Vikings over the Saints. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, uh, you know, I have to perchance agree. Uh, I think on paper the Vikings are much more the team that should come out on top. But... The great equalizers this trip to jump the pond to come over here to England and to try to find out who ah it's so it's so just disappearing as you're laughing at me. You're going the north doing a tour of the north or the west. Of course they're gonna have the black helmets, these saints. I think what it is is every time I talk it, it's almost under that Liverpool, but it's it's not even the real Liverpool. It's like the yellow submarine that was all fake. Um, Actually, if you live in the John Lennon, you you do a good John Lennon. The John Lennon, yes. So there it is. I like the, the Vikings in this one, my mates. <laughs> yeah, give me my Vikings too on the road. road. Uh, it, it's a stolen one too because it's not easy to win in a Superdome game. So this one yeah. being in... in uh, in London, making the Saints travel over there too. You just you got to be the team that knows how to get your other team ready for it. And Vikings that's have been the over trick. a few times. Yeah, we have, but again, this is an entirely different coaching staff has to figure this out, kind of thing. Daniel Hunter's still there. Daniel Hunter's like, no, no, no listen, this <laughs> is the way Daniel Hunter's do it. been there. In fact, they yeah, he was there earlier for some press junket. So Kirk's been there. He knows. 
All right, Dan, we got one more game, and then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Falcons-Seahawks is one I saved for the end. You did pick this one, though, as the Atlanta Falcons get their first win of the season. We didn't leave this this, uh, week three with leaving a lot of teams winless. Not a lot left. Yeah. this game, though, didn't have a lot to it, honestly. Didn't write a lot down. Uh, Patterson had a nice game, 153 yards and a touchdown. It was 17-20 Seahawks at the half, but the Falcons took care of it in the uh, in the second half to win it. Somewhere in the top in the top five draft picks this coming April are oh. going to be the Atlanta this Falcons, game. the Seattle Seahawks, and the Houston Texans. They're all going to be up there. Mm-hmm. These are not good teams. Uh, this is, I mean, it was a fun game. Like, it wasn't well done. Like, nobody looked really good at football. But it was a fun game, 27-23. Uh, the fourth quarter, though, was an exercise in futility. Like, yeah. no one could get anything going. Like, you'd love to see somebody step on the throat. People were stepping on their own dicks. This was <laughs> not a great way to end this game. And, of course, it's Marcus Mariota versus Geno Smith. What do you expect? It's not exactly going to be fireworks out there, man. So, it, it, the Falcons did the best they could. They got a win, and the Seahawks don't need this shit. Yeah, what's weird is I think if you told us, like, back on tw- in 2020 that it, you know, we'd have a game starting two quarterbacks of Marcus Mariota and Geno Smith, you'd be like, why? Who got hurt? But here we are, <laughs> two, three years after that, and they're, they're back starting again. So, we're very fickle with our QBs anymore. Um, there's, there's no more time 20. to learn. Yeah, There's you only gotta 20 d- that can play. And there's reshuffle and reshuffle and send them, uh, you know, cross country when you don't like what, what they're doing. So that that's where we're at now. Um, but congrats to the Falcons. You get your first win, and now you're going on the road to play the Browns. A uh, little interesting th- uh, tidbit about the Browns this week, though. Miles Garrett, car accident, hospitalized because it was just his own. They uh, the report is, and this it was marked as a rumor when I read it. So I don't know how true it is but he like tried to brake on a wet road due to an animal flipped his car multiple times so ended up in the hospital there but they're saying no serious long-term damage nothing like that i don't know what that means for when he's gonna be ready to play football again you ever been in a car accident no thankfully i dropped my motorcycle once on lakeshore drive um Mm. wasn't hurt badly just you know flipped a couple times knee hit pretty good um sucked definitely sucked i did a i did a a show that same night i actually had a musical that i was in and i i went around and danced a little bit the (laughs) next day i felt like shit oh my god it was fucking awful and i felt like shit for an entire week i would have rather if miles garrett needed to play this thursday i'd be like okay that's probably not so bad the fact that he's got to play on sunday i don't think he's gonna play um I don't think it makes a huge difference, though. I, I think the Browns still wind up winning this game. Um, Jacoby Brissett showed me enough. Their run game is still really good. Um, I have to and clear I up, too. Rush. I think I said it was at Browns. It's actually Browns at Falcons. Yeah. I, I wouldn't rush Miles Garrett back. That's the thing. It's like, I know you're playing the Falcons. I know any given Sunday. But if I'm the Browns, if I've got any chance to be competitive later on this year, I'm not rushing an injured Miles Garrett back out to play the fucking Falcons. No thank you. <laughs> Yeah. No, I like yeah, I think the Browns are just a better team here too, uh, where they're at right now. Um and you know, they could keep this winning streak going here before uh Watson even comes back in. Maybe they will be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC, but uh 
They're going to take care of business here in Atlanta. They'll, they'll, they'll beat the Falcons, who did get a big win, but uh, I don't see a win streak starting happening for them yet. And then uh, the last game we have to pick for week four, Dan, we'll wrap it up. Seahawks at Lions. Oh, give me the Lions, baby. They're, they're a fun, good team, and MCDC is going to get back on. And, and Pete Carroll just can't wait to get to that front office position he wants so badly. <laughs> right? Noon game in Detroit. Seattle has to go across country. I like the Lions as well. I like the Lions to go to two and two. All right. Well, after last week and the picks, uh, you were up ahead of me by one. We had just three games different this week, and you got me up two of the three. So, Dan, you're at 26 correct for the year. I'm at 24. We're finally getting ahead of my my eight-month-old baby and dog <laughs> who just randomly picked these games. So look at us writing this ship here. So, guys, uh, we got a handful of games very different this week. So it's true. Could be all up in the air here uh, so much, so we'll have to see. But uh, we want to wrap it up because we've already gone like hour 15 here. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I got a few crazy stats, and then Dan's going to leave you some parting words of wisdom. But tell your friends, come back and listen to us after week four, and we'll get you ready for week five because that's what we'd love to do for you guys. Getting our listener count up to eight. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, God forbid double digits, you guys. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right, Dan, crazy stats. Here's what I got. Uh, Peyton Manning started his career 0-9 in road games. Winning his 10th versus the Chargers. <gasps> that sounds familiar. Trevor Lawrence just did the same exact thing. Oh, sneaky, mm. sneaky. Finally winning his first road game. And then finally, uh, I'm going to give you our leaders of receptions through three weeks. Cooper Cup has 28. He is our leader. But Stefan Diggs is right there at 27. You got uh, Marquise Brown at 24 right there. Amon Ross St. Brown at 23, who is tied with the entire Bears team, who has 23 receptions. That's on you, Justin. That's not a good job. Those are my crazy stats for the weeks. Dan, please, uh, on a a winning week three for the both of us, leave us with some parting words of wisdom. We are approaching the end of the first quarter of the season. I know there's 17 games and it's not evenly divisible by four, but just fucking bear with me. (laughs) The first four games of the season are the absolute temperature of your team. You can extrapolate from here where you think they're going to be, but the first four games are so critically important to getting your team's mindset right. You want to finish this out with a win. If you don't, Vegas, you're doomed. If you don't, Carolina, you're fucked. So you've got to get a win. You've got to leave the first quarter of the season with a W or at least a positive taste in your mouth. There it is. All right, guys. It's all up to there. And we will see you after week four as we discuss everything that happened. And then we'll get you we'll get you all set up for week five. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see ya. Goodbye.